misunderstandings abound in this episode. Guinea pigs go burr. I'm Ryan Matlock. And I'm Michael LaFaber. We're two guinea pig fans of Beyond Gilead. <laughs> Today we're reviewing 9-2, Misunderstandings by Lori Twitchell. So join us for episode 112 on our return to Gilead. If you guys aren't up on the meme, there is something about, I don't know, it was an inflation-based meme or something that was, hee hee, money machine, go burr. And so I texted Ryan back in, where was it? It was, oh yeah, it was um, <laughs> closer than a sister because that was the first awful misunderstanding conflict. And I texted him, he he, misunderstanding conflict, go burr. And we talked about it in that episode where he was freaked out like, oh no, we're not recording today. Like, no, we're, we're fine. We're recording today. And then I texted him again at the, and may or may not, part one, when I was listening to that and I texted him, he he, misoverhearing conflict, go burr. And then I texted him during this episode going, he, he, misunderstanding conflict, go burr. <laughs> anyway, here's the summary for this episode. Hope In learned- other words, Michael is obsessed with this meme. <laughs> it's very applicable. It is. Summary. Hope learns what she thinks is a secret about John and begins telling it to the other Morrison kids. Meanwhile, Haley has to record a podcast for a school project, but gets a little sidetracked by Tim and one of his friends. I'm wondering if she was using Audacity to record that because Audacity came out in like 2000. Probably. Yeah. It's been around for ages and only now is that version 3.10, but you know, that's just me. Or I think it might be 3. I remember 2. the UI back in those days. I still have the I think I still have the UI. I'd like to get a skin that reskins it to that because that's nostalgia. Guinea pigs. Wait, you don't have a recent download? I I have 3.0.5, but I What do I have here? Uh, of Audacity or of Audition? Uh, because I, you can Audacity. also get custom skins. I have Audacity skins. on my computer, too. Okay, you can also get custom skins for it. I don't have 3. Point, what do you have? 3.1.3. I hate 3.1 because it doesn't give you an option to turn off non-destructive editing. And I know that I'm the the only person who likes destructive edits, but I like being able to cut a clip and not have anything left over on the clip. Not because, necessarily because of storage space, but because I don't want to have a whole 30-minute episode stored in my project when I've only imported, when I only need like a two-second clip of it. Sure. Indefinitely. There's not a way to get rid of that. Anyway, not about Audacity. Uh, Haley's doing a podcast and they're guinea pigs. And Hope thinks that John Morrison has a love interest. Which, can we talk about this? Really? Yes. Lindy? Really? I feel like that was made up just for this misunderstanding conflict. Go burr. <laughs> you know, you're not wrong. Especially given that what 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 it's uh L Y N D I Love you, never deny it. Right. Who what spells a, their name that way? And also what it, a weird sorry if there's anyone named Lindy who spells it L Y N D I listening to this podcast. I but. highly doubt that this was in the writer's Bible. Maybe it was. I don't think so, guys. Help. I think it would have been mentioned long before if it was in the writer's Bible. Yeah. That is a very valid, I'd say, critique mm. that this was maybe the, a very creative, I will say, way to sure. come up with a way that Hope would think that Mr. Morrison was involved with another woman somehow. Yeah, but I, I think the whole point of misunderstandings is kind of lost in this episode, and I'll explain why. The first one has more to do about gossip. It's not that she misunderstood. It's because she found out a secret and started blabbing it to everyone without even trying to figure out what the context was. She didn't even try to understand it. And Haley's telling her, we shouldn't look at that. We we shouldn't look in there. And then all of a sudden they do. 
And she goes around saying, hey, he's got this girlfriend. And that's that's probably why he's spending so much time outside the house. It's not misunderstanding. That's just jumping to conclusions. And then with the whole thing with the guinea pigs, that's also not a misunderstanding. Be- and they try to frame it. Lori tries to frame it that way at the very end with Haley saying, well, how could everyone think this? Wouldn't they know that we were just goofing around? No, that's not a misunderstanding. It's you accidentally uploading the wrong file, which was very clear about the the parody and giving a real number. And there were actually guinea pigs there. So it could be misunderstanding. But I think the bigger issue here is don't upload the wrong file. Responsibility. What alertness. <laughs> when you go to click the button, don't click the wrong button. Don't upload it to the wrong area. I guess is the phrase. You know what I mean? I, I liked this one. This was fun, but I, I feel like the, the theme kind of fell flat. A little bit, because the, the theme, it's not even really about misunderstandings. Like, that's the title of the episode mostly, but the rudder thing is the huge thing in this episode. Miss rudder verse Where it says, yeah. the, the verse from James, a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses it to go. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches, but a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. Oh, okay. The whole idea is be careful with your tongue because it can lead to really big things happening that you didn't intend if you're not careful with your words. Oh, okay. I take it back then. That is more relevant. I feel like both of those are kind of relevant. Like, first off, hope is obviously spreading gossip. That's pretty clear cut uh, how that relates to the verse. Yeah. I feel like it's a little bit less with the guinea pig thing, because, again, they were just goofing around and accidentally uploaded outtakes, and I agree with you on that. Like, that's more... They couldn't have stopped that by being more careful with their words. They could have stopped that by being more careful with which project they uploaded. Yeah. I don't think the moral of the story is don't have outtakes. Because that's legitimately funny. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Speaking of which, uh, coming up Saturday <laughs> or whatever day, oh, Michael, I no. don't know if you actually release it, so I'll let you decide. I mean, I feel like I've already released all the outtakes from that recording anyway. So like last Saturday, um, right? <laughs> I don't know if I don't know if everyone's gonna get together and uh, have a Michael hate session, but you know, it's fine. Whatever, man. <laughs> However, anyway. if you want if you want to listen to the guinea pig clip, that's the clip of the day. Guinea pigs, man's real best friend. Cute, cuddly, not a lot of work. Guinea pigs are the perfect, easy to care for pet in your home. <laughs> Today, for a limited time only, buy one for a penny, get the second one free. Act now to receive this special offer. Call. Wait, who do we have them call? Us. No, our number doesn't sound cool. How about that big number on the sign outside town? Yeah, that sounds great. I like how Ellie's like, our number doesn't sound cool. It's an easy reason to not have it be res- have them be responsible for it. Here's the thing I'm most sad about is yeah. that this is a really good commercial. Yes. <laughs> like, it's really good. If they had put the right phone number, they would have easily handled all the trouble with the guinea pig thing. And they do, because they show up there and take responsibility Eventually, for yes. it. Yeah. Yes. I'm just sad we never actually get to hear guinea pigs because they, they sound really cute on recording. Yeah, we we could. You know what happened last time with the raccoon babies? <laughs> raccoon babies? I I didn't think that we was have that. Haley like guinea pig baby. <laughs> I didn't think that was that bad, but that's you know it was also a good episode. No, we we couldn't stop talking about it. Though. Fair, yeah. <laughs> we can't handle it. Hey, there's a cat. There's a cat. It's a cat. Ah! <laughs> uh, well, oh, been the... like ten seasons now. <laughs> that that was from season four. Yeah, that was a. Uh... Five seasons ago. 
Wow. Close enough. Oh, yeah, that was 4-2. Oh, that was five seasons ago. Man, that was during summer camp. <laughs> that was a long time ago. Wow. When did we start this? Last March? March. March 21st. Wow. My yeah. baby was five months old. Wow. Oh, I also didn't get to do in the Memories of Milestones episode this little tidbit, so I'll say it now. We just passed 9,000 plays on Return to Gilead. What? Yeah. It's fun. That's a lot. But it's also a How lot of How many of those are you? Probably that's 200. <laughs> no, it's probably a fair <laughs> bit that's me. Because <laughs> I listen to my own podcast. So throughout this episode, there's also the thing of John bringing home a ship, a uh, model ship. That's the sort of a tradition that's been passed down from mayor to mayor, where one of them has to work on a model ship throughout the year or throughout his tenure as mayor. And then once the next mayor comes in, he hands him the, the completed or the non-completed ship. I thought that was that was a cool way to... It didn't have anything to do with the theme of the episode except saying, oh, here's a ship. We're going to use this as a lesson for the rudder. Um, so, yeah, it tied in fine. But it was an interesting bit of lore to add to the series. I liked it. It, it made yeah. some good conversation between John and Mary, too. I do like the lore. I, I do think it could have been, like, a, maybe a little bit more interesting if, like, uh, at the beginning he said, this is the rudder, this is how it steers the ship. And then at the end... Then they have the tie-in, and he's like, rudder of the ship, it's important. And, like, may- maybe they bring he brings them back to the office, and he's like, see, look, rudder of the ship. Something like that. I don't know. That's kind of what he did, though. But It was right there at home, right? Uh, I guess. Uh, well, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe I missed it. Maybe I missed it. So Anyway. Rudder actually brings up something that I teased back in our episode with the group when Hope was introduced. Yes. One of my issues with Hope as a character, as as her, just as far as her characterization goes, I want to reiterate from that episode. I love the character of Hope. I really like the idea that, like, yeah, she's five, but she's been around the block because she's been through foster care, so she talks like she's twelve or thirteen, like sort of a a cool, like she has a cool confidence about her, um, but also like she's seen some pretty dark things, and that gives her a sort of soft cynicism about life that's very fascinating as a characterization to me that yeah. may, that like that is going to go through an arc and eventually maybe get a little softer and as she spends time with the morrisons that'll change her a little bit and mm-hmm. she can kind of bring her own unique flair to the morrison family because you know so far we've had like basically perfect christian kids who sometimes mess up be most of the kids in the Morrison family mm-hmm. to have this kind of from the from the hood of foster care kind of character show up is very interesting. Yes, it makes for it, it's an excellent character potential and high, kudos for Laurie Twitchell for for introducing her. Absolutely. One thing I don't like about Hope is that she is five, but she is characterized as very mature for her age. That's that's all. A little bit new to understand, but I can understand it given the uh, complexity of her background. But I don't appreciate that there are moments where she will break away from having that complexity in favor of little kid jokes. So we'll have a moment where it's like, hi, I'm Hope. I totally understand the complexity that means a father being found writing love letters to another woman means he might not be around for much longer. That's a very complex topic that requires a lot of emotional maturity. Mm -hmm. But when someone tells me the word rudder, even when they pronounce it perfectly, I can only hear utter and repeat utter. 
because I'm five. You well, you heard about the boat that jumped over the barbed wire fence, right? Uh, what about it? Rudder destruction. <laughs> yeah, jokes like that. <laughs> the episode ends with her saying, "Like, yeah, you need to watch your udders." Hang on, what? And John says, "I think you mean rudders," and she's like, "Yeah, that's what I said. Watch your udders." And then Zach goes, "Well, maybe Hope needs to learn a little bit about like spelling or something like that." That's what he says. Right, and it's like she can't probably. I doubt that she can read. At this point, mm-hmm. actually, I know she can't because she can't Next read Gr- uh, Grace's book. Yeah. So she can't read. She doesn't have a problem with spelling. She's just apparently very hard of hearing or something. Like, yeah. Cl- yeah. Clean out your ears, child. <laughs> Get a Q-tip. <laughs> Don't clean your ears with Q-tips. No. Why not? It, it works You're not great. supposed to. It says on the package of the Q-tips. Don't put this in your ears. Return to Gilead is not real medical advice. Just, just saying from either of us. Just, just saying. Read packages and do what's good for your ears. Don't listen to me. I do side a little bit with Jack on this one, that even though she's had to, to grow up really fast and there are parts of her that can uh, act really mature, she probably doesn't understand herself what that development has, has been. So there's probably a lot wrapped up in her of that immaturity and also maturity. It, it's it's hard to, to pin down. Like, for, for example, have you actually met anyone who's either this age or maybe a year or so older who's been through experiences like that? Absolutely. Where? Well, oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> Who's been through experiences like that? No. Okay. Okay. Not to my knowledge. Neither have I, and I'd be interested to talk with Lori Twitchell about this to see if she did research on that the age of that character. But I, I would imagine if somebody goes through this, then, um, maybe not to the. Uh, this is a a sort of example, but like the boy who was in Trouble in the Jungle, who was showing Tom Richter around, uh, around Peru. That's an example of somebody who has matured and has had to grow up and doesn't have a sense of humor. But Hope, now that she's able to relax, I'm thinking maybe that is where a little bit of that immaturity comes from, is that she's in she's in America. She's not in the the a place where she can't even have any any immaturity. And I'm, I'm not coming across completely coherently, but you know you know what I'm getting at, even though you may disagree, right? Yes, yeah. and like okay. I, I'm all for complexity. Like where, like she thinks she's super mature, she she acts super mature, but sometimes that immaturity comes out. And I, I would appreciate it more, I think, if that immaturity came out, like in the last episode, where that immaturity is displayed by she bumps her knee and she basically decides, nope, I'm, I'm never getting on that bike again. That's yeah. definitely a sign of immaturity that you're completely unwilling to persevere because you experience pain related to an incident. That I love, but being able to express your ideas and challenge even theological concepts with such quick wittedness almost seems to be undone by the fact that you can't hear someone say rudder and not think utter like that. That's something I would expect of like a three to four year old, maybe. But I think by five, like I've spent time around five year olds when Mm -hmm. I tell them a word, they can repeat it back to me. Yeah, that's it seemed like more of a, as Allie would say, it's a clincher ending of we're ending the episode on this funny line. And we got to pick something. So, yeah, let's make a pun. Yeah, well, but you you sacrificed your character's maturity to do it. That makes I, I get where your criticism come from, comes from there. I'm willing sure. to see that. Sure. On the other hand, I think Laurie Twitzel does an excellent job with active characters in this episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, back in it's the little things. When Justin's studying in his yes. room and Michael comes in, he's going, no, 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 
na 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 and Justin goes, ah, oh, can I, can't there, like, isn't there anywhere quiet? And I said I really liked that because it's the characters just hanging around and doing stuff and maybe not talking about personal issues, but there's actually stuff going on and reasons they're there. And we talked about this in The Hope That Heals. And, and so here, there's something similar where Michael comes in, and I'm trying to think of an example in this episode where it could have just been the characters sitting around talking to themselves. One of them is when they come back home and Michael comes in and he starts to ask about the ship and then he mentions John's secret girlfriend. And that scene works really well because the characters are talking about stuff that furthers the plot. They're moving throughout the scene, like actually physically moving, and the plot is moving along. And we don't need a moment to just sit and try to process things because there's not some big overarching plot going on. All the plots, all the storylines have been reset as of Era 3. So we're just chilling. We're just going along. We're just hanging out with the Morrisons again. And there's potential for this to be really, really good given a really good moral or really good storyline. And so even though I, I criticized the, the the theme at first and you kind of showed me, well, maybe it's a little bit different. And even though Hope is a little bit inconsistent as a character as far as where her maturity lies, I think Laurie Twitchell now has, has shown she has the potential to make a, a really engaging episode with the same energy as this one. Because this this yeah. really made me laugh. The whole guinea pig thing was, was fun and it furthered the plot and it was it was cool. It was also a little bit weird, though, having it be that the whole last third of this episode is the guinea pig thing and having the, the hope part kind of wrap up two thirds into the episode. That was a little bit weird for, for pacing issues. But I thought it was, I thought Timmy's friend, Cody, was kind of funny where he comes in. He's got the whole guinea pig idea and he talks about how his, his sister guinea pig had babies and their mom is mad. And then he's leaving and he goes, this could be a whole new frontier. And Tim's like, what do you mean? He's like, my sister's cat is really annoying. <laughs> like, OK. Selling guinea pigs, selling his sister's cat. Right. Yeah, uh, and some little bits in the dialogue were really natural and, and really good. So I was I was impressed by this. I still have mixed feelings on it. What do you think about the whole thing? Full episode, uh, going back, is very misunderstanding Convoy Go Burr. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As far as the morals, I think it's all right. It's it's like the thing with um with the Lin- Lindy is a bit forced. Lindy. Yes. Lindy. <laughs> yes. Lindy is very forced. <laughs> and so is like like essentially the only person who needs to learn a lesson in this cuz like Haley it's not like she made this glaring error that needs to be reproached. It's just hope and her mm. spreading everything around. I think that at least how that is is handled I appreciate seeing that Hope is not an exception to how the parents will approach their child. And it's been, I feel it's been a while since we've had an episode where kid makes honest mistake, but it still needs to be corrected. And the parents sit down and have a correction session where they just kind of talk about what happened. Yeah. And the biblical application. That's good. It kind of feels like a legacy Gilead in that respect. Yeah, yeah, going back to what Beth Culp made the centerpiece of her morals, of her lessons. Hopefully we will get that more going forward. I'm looking forward to talking about that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the scene between John and Mary, I was just looking back through my notes. It's so good. They're they're going back and forth, and the conversation is supernatural. And John's saying how since he's – I think I think he's talking about how he's still transitioning from the judge's office to now the mayor's office. But he wants to update the website and the logo and stuff. And Mary goes, you know – I know this this firm that might be able to to help you. They, <laughs> uh, they um they have a funny name. They're called the Tiburones. I'm like, that's great. 
That was continuity. That was good, awesome. Good callback. Yes. Yeah. That was really funny. And then later on, uh, she's talking about how Tim is helping uh, Tiffany. Uh, no, Tiffany. We haven't seen Tiffany in a while. Tim is helping Haley with a, a project, with a, a podcast project. But then the very next scene is Tim coming in and asking Haley about her project. So I'm like, wait, hold on, hold on. Chronology? Did this episode actually take place? Did th- that scene take place before the last scene? Or what's going on here? Did you catch that? Oh, yeah, I didn't think about that. She says Tim is helping her with a podcast project. And then the next scene, Tim comes in and says, hey, what are you working on? She's like, I've got a podcast project. I guess they're happening in tandem, maybe? No, they can't. Maybe Haley's like, yeah, I'm going to just wait until Tim comes in and then ask him for help. And Mary's like, yeah, Tim's going to help her with that just because she said he would. <laughs> it feels like almost yeah, like it was two yeah. different writers, but I, it's the same I writer. I feel so like I maybe that was on. a goof, yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Like, maybe, maybe, the one, maybe the two scenes were written in different goes. Like, yeah. w- go through and write everything that Haley deals with. Then go through and write everything the parents deal with. And then they got just kind of... Okay, one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two. Mm-hmm. And that just got missed, maybe. Uh, anyway, I think there's a reference to the sound designer in this episode, Elizabeth. So Elizabeth Bowman oh. is the sound designer for these episodes, and she gets... Sure. And there's a character named Elizabeth. I don't know if that's her, that, that's her or not, but that would be funny. Is Elizabeth the person with the phone? Yeah, yeah. Is fielding all the calls? <laughs> the, the guinea pig broker? Yeah. In a way, <laughs> the episode actually forced the sound designer to have to deal with guinea pig stuff too so would you say that's good i'd say that's inception let's um let's cut to the wraps another thing you've not seen (laughs) i love inception inception's awesome good good good. excellent everyone should see inception it's a very intense film but it's very good let's let's go Well, that's another episode. Yeah, that's a lot of stuff that had nothing to do with the episode we talked about in this episode. So, <laughs> uh, I feel like this is what this whole season is going to be like. You know, going back and listening to the early days of Return to Gilead, I'm like, we had some really deep thoughts then, and now it's just memes. No. <laughs> no, we, we, we do have some good conversations. I legitimately loved the, our review of the Mr. Key series. It's probably my favorite episode so far, and I don't know if it's ever going to get back to that point. But Do you think anyone will ever in the future review our reviews? That'd be It'll awesome. be like Return to Return to Gilead, Unless and they'll be like, uh, this is Era 3 where they just talk about memes all the time. <laughs> Unless they're like far left or like alt-right and end up like critiquing everything we say from a very explicit lens. I wouldn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, can't happen. Ah, every once in a while, Ryan gets kind of close, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, for now, if you want to critique our podcast like that and you don't know how to access the back catalog, <laughs> Ryan, how can people find all of our misdeeds and. and R E T U R N 2 Gilead. <laughs> that implies that it's com. the number two, though. So, what? What if I just bought the domain name for return number two? Gil- Next time, we're going to be reviewing 9-3, A Story <laughs> of Grace and Hope by John Fornoff. So we're going back to his rating. Yay! Yep. Well, actually, no. I don't like this next episode. <laughs> <laughs> Stop. End this. Anyway, I'm Ryan. And I'm Michael. On that note, thanks so much for joining us, and we'll see you all next time when we once again return to Gilead.